If you're not in control of your keys, it's not your Bitcoin. And it's a little bit the same like with a node. So if it's not your node, it's not your rules. Hi there from the United States. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast brought to you by Gemini. As you may have already figured out, I am not Peter McCormack. I am his producer, Ben. Uh, Pete just got out of back surgery and he is milking it for all it's worth. So I am filling in for him while he is out drinking in London. Peter will be back with us on Friday. And today we have an interview that he recorded with Open Noms and Rootsall a few days ago. But before we get into the show, we have a message from our sponsors. So to kick it off, we have Casa, the safest way to store your Bitcoin. Forgotten passwords, SIM swaps, phishing attacks, there are too many ways for your Bitcoin to be lost or stolen. But with Casa, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again. A multi-sig wallet allows you to custody your Bitcoin, but only move it by signing transactions from multiple wallets, ones which you can geographically distribute into different locations, protecting you from a range of mistakes, errors, and vulnerabilities. There's no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. Find out more at keys.casa. Next, it's Sportsbet, the best place for online gambling. And they accept Bitcoin. Now, these guys are giving out Lambos left and right, but uh, I haven't got mine yet, so I don't know if it got lost in the mail or... Uh, anyway, with Sportsbet, you have every market you could possibly be interested in, uh, like football, you know, real football, uh, soccer, tennis, motorsports, esports. I, I, I even think they have those weird British sports. And for new customers, they have a range of promotions available. You can find them at sportsbet.io slash promotions to opt in and view the terms. Just head over to sportsbet.io, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O. And finally, we have Exodus Wallet. They have a mobile and desktop wallet for every platform. And as you know, user experience is crucial. So I actually downloaded this today to check it out, and it really is very slick. Exodus Desktop gives you a way to secure, manage, and exchange your Bitcoin in one beautiful application. And with their mobile wallet, you can send and receive safely using QR code or address, knowing Exodus automatically checks all addresses for errors. Make sure you check it out yourself at exodus.com or search for Exodus in the Apple or Google app stores. All right, and on to the show. And today we have OpenNOMS and Rootsall coming on to educate us about nodes as part of our Lightning series. They are the creators of Raspi Blitz, which is a software package that makes running a Lightning node super easy. These guys have been helping people run nodes for years, so who better to have on to show us the way? In this one, Peter, Noms, and Rootsall cover how to get started running a Lightning node. Various wallets, node packages, and things to consider when you're getting into the Lightning game. Lightning can be a little intimidating at first, but you've got to start somewhere. There are a lot of links in the show notes in this episode, so check them out and get your feet wet. Anyway, on to the show, and if you want to hit us up, you can jump into our new Sphinx tribe. You can pester me in our Telegram group, or if you want to reach out to Peter, his email is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Right. Noms, Roots, welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. Hi, Peter. Thanks for the invite. So where are you guys from? Um, I'm from Berlin, Germany, and arms. Well, I've, I basically have a Hungarian origin, and I mm-hmm. live uh, in the UK next to you. Peter. Live, live next to me. I didn't know that. So, so tonight you're both going to be rooting for England, yeah? Yeah, for fair share. That's fair. Well, since both Hungary and Germany are out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those Danish guys. Honestly, they don't deserve shit. Anyway, listen, welcome to the show. Thank you both for coming on. So about a couple of years ago, I did a whole month of shows about Lightning Network, and people have been asking me to do it again. Uh, My producer, Ben, was like, we need to do this, but we've decided to shrink it down and do a week of shows. Obviously, one of the things we need to talk about is nodes, Lightning nodes, something you guys know uh, a lot about, and and especially now because I've been out to El Salvador a bunch of times, and the use case of Bitcoin is very different. Uh, It's... The only time I'm using Bitcoin is on the Lightning Network. So it's it's highly relevant now to start thinking about this, start talking about this, and dive a little bit deeper into this. So I think just a, as an opening point, it would be good for you guys to introduce yourself, tell people about uh, Raspberry uh, Blitz, what you guys do, so they know what you guys are about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, let's start with me. I'm Rutsol. So um, I have a background in computer science and a little bit of startup history in the US. Um, from there, then I moved into open source development, first in the educational area. Um, while I was still kind of a long-term member of the Room 77 uh, Bitcoin meetup in Berlin. And that's where I met Jeff uh, and from Fulmo. And uh, we kind of decided to um, start the uh, Lightning Hack Days uh, to get people in Germany especially, but then it catched on around Europe into uh, Lightning development and get excited about the new the new development there on the second layer technology. And this has even ended up that we organized the, the Lightning Conference uh, back in the day, so two years ago almost now. And yeah, from there, uh, from this experience, the Raspberry Blitz project started, which is a Bitcoin and Lightning full node on a Raspberry Pi, um, an open source solution for that. And personally, me now, uh, I'm three years now involved into that project, um, mainly as the lead developer and maintainer. And then I met a lot of nice people along the way, like uh, OpenOMS and people that like to develop on Lightning Network. Awesome. Noms, do you want to tell people a bit about your background, why you got involved in this? Yes, sure. So I have no like kind of official uh, history in, in computer science, but I did kind of be always interested in computers and, and have been have been very technical. And in coming into the space in like 2017, you know, in, in 2018, I started to do some kind of boot camps and uh, learn to code properly. Um, uh, well, it's a journey, right? And then always, um, and I started to contribute to the Raspberry project as, as sort of as a way of learning, and then got, got involved um, deeper and deeper with it. And then you know, there's been a lot of other things like coming through in terms of uh, uh, getting involved with all the open source space and uh, getting involved with other projects, mainly related to the Lightning Network or 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 privacy, like Joint Market is. Wicked, wicked, guys. Well, listen, look, we should get into the details of this. I mean, nodes themselves can confuse people. If you're not technical, if you're not from a computer background, some people, they just want to buy Bitcoin. Sometimes they want to leave it on an exchange. Maybe they get a hardware wallet. That leap to a node is a massive jump for people anyway. So we have nodes, we have lightning nodes. We should probably just give people a bit of a background of what a node is, why you should have one, what it does. Let's start with just the traditional Bitcoin node, though. Let's explain what that is, what it does, and why people should have one. Right, so a Bitcoin node is basically we have a consensus on one main implementation, which is the Bitcoin Core project. And having a node means that you are downloading Bitcoin Core and you are downloading the blockchain or the history of the, the previous transactions in Bitcoin, and then you build it up from the Genesis block up to the current tip, verifying all the transactions in the meantime. So going forward, you can make sure that the transactions you are looking for are in consensus with all the other people, uh, all the other nodes running the software in the whole world. Yeah, I mean, the way I explain this to people, and I say it to my friends, is, is that when you use your bank and you want to send me some money, well, the bank has a ledger of all the records and they just keep a single copy of that themselves. And so if I was to send you NOM some money, they would uh, update their ledger to deduct an amount from me. And if you would say with the same bank, they would uh, add it to yours. And there's that single ledger. But the thing is the power of Bitcoin, right? It's decentralized, okay? There's no central authority. So what to, to make that happen is that Essentially, we all, as many as us as possible, need to have a copy of that ledger to keep the ledger honest. Do you think that's a fair way of explaining it to people? Yeah, that, that sounds good. That sounds reasonable. It's it's maybe we we have to simplify a little bit. Mm. Like when you're, for example, when people buy Bitcoin, they very quickly learn not your keys, not your uh, not your Bitcoin. So if you're not in control of your keys, it's not your Bitcoin. Somebody else controls your Bitcoin for you, and it's a little bit the same like with a node. So if it's not your node, it's not your rules. So um, it's like you accepting somebody else running a full node for you, and then uh, and choosing the rules and checking the rules for you. So if you run a, a Bitcoin node yourself you're really in control of it of, of, of this node and you choose exactly what rules you want to run your bitcoin on and this is a consensus we do everybody does that but you check really for yourself so it's make sure it's your rules you accept bitcoins by your rules and i think this is a 
not your node, not your rules is a good simple simplification for that. Yeah, because look, not everyone does run a node. A lot of people, as I said, they keep their Bitcoin on an exchange or they use a hardware wallet. They don't ever set up a node. And the thing they need to realize is that if they don't run a node themselves, they're relying on someone else's node. But we do rely on this uh, decentralized network of nodes to keep the network honest, to ensure that the ledger is up to date, is honest, and everyone is agreeing on the state of the ledger, which I, th I think is... I think is important. So the next thing we have to really get into is what a lightning node is, uh, because that's a little bit different. And a question I have for you is something I actually don't know the answer to. Can you run a lightning node without running uh, core, without running the base chain node, or, or do you have to run the two together? Um, basically, you need some information about the Bitcoin chain. So you need some informational service about this. You, this could be, this doesn't need to be kind of a Bitcoin core full node. It can be even some, some lighter version. Um, but, but basically, and this is sometimes what mobile wallets, uh, do. They, they use some, some lighter version of a full node. Um, but, but basically for, if you run a node yourself at home, it's advised to really run a full node with a full archive on there, just so that you have the full package and you're not limiting yourself in options. So you, you guys have been into this for a while. It, was it, did you say you started working on this in 2017? Uh, a while back, roundabout, makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you, just for some kind of picture of what's going on, are you seeing any uh, recent significant uptake in the use of the Lightning Network, uh, increase in the number of people who are creating and setting up Lightning nodes? Are you seeing that? What, what kind of data are you seeing? Uh, it's I'm not. Uh, we don't monitor a lot because we don't have a central service built in into our node. So we had, don't have a real, not real kind of uh, monitoring how many node recipe blitzes are running out there. What we see is the downloads of the of the software. Um, that's really got quite big, like thousands of of downloads there. Not sure how many nodes that is uh, in the end. Um, and what we see, because we also offer with Fulmo, uh, at the Fulmo shop, we offer a recipe blitz pre-built where you can get the hardware already built together. You can get all the parts from Amazon yourself. It's a do-it-yourself tutorial, but you can also order the package from Fulmo. And there we really saw like the, the orders kind of really going up compared to the to the to the year before so there's really was the last kind of bitcoin hype we were seeing like the price going up we were seeing really people waking up to also oh now i have bitcoin now really want to understand bitcoin and now really getting into into running a node so this really is something more and more people are doing and we also see it on the twitter yeah so that's what i've uh, like to plug into that i really see the activity growing in the community um in the communities which are participating, like uh, the growing number and participants of like, uh, I speak about thousands of people participating in these Telegram groups, which are just about, you know, uh, lightning node management and uh, opening channels and such. Uh, also, you can see the activity on Twitter, on Mastodon and, and whatever. And it's really picking up, I can say. Yeah, and this is really something you don't see with other coins. It's really something um, if you look at other coins. Yeah, if you look at, at other what they are running, it's like you see, I don't know, maybe a hundred people running nodes. If, if you're lucky, if you if you already have a popular project, but 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 here in, in Bitcoin, you already can see one project here is the thousands of downloads, thousands of people and channels, and this is just one of the Bitcoin full node uh, Lightning implementations. So yeah, but they're just stupid shit coins. For people to try and <laughs> yeah. try and print money and make money from and trade, like there's no, there's very little actual use case. I mean, look, there's a fair argument that maybe there's some uh, a decent use case on Ethereum. But like, even if you hate Ethereum and you think it's a piece of shit, people are using it. And there's certain usage I, I think of Monero and yada yada. But generally speaking, there isn't that kind of uh, passion from shitcoiners with these projects that they're building something that's going to change the world and that they have like this obligation or duty to support the network it's just, i just find it's a different kind of attitude yeah and especially you have to understand because we had all the scaling debate where it was where, where a lot of people ask why don't you make bitcoin more efficient and put more bigger blocks or something the good thing is that we kept the blocks so small that like we have right now you can run it from home 
you can run it behind a Tor network. You can run it with a one terabyte hard drive or SSD. Still, every other node implementation that is promising faster and more transactions, whatever, they, they get a lot of more data on the blockchain data and grow so fast that you're not able to do it from home anymore. And this is the way how we keep Bitcoin so decentralized. And we see really people picking this concept up and then executing it really out there in the wild. All right. Well, listen, let's, let's dig into the Lightning node. So I have... Uh, my node is a Umbral node, uh, which comes with a Lightning mm-hmm. node. I'll be honest, I haven't played with Lightning on it yet. It took me a while to set my node up. I mean, I don't know if you followed that, but I just used to say to people, I can't be bothered. It's too much hassle. I don't understand it. I trust my Exchange node. I trust my Ledger node. It took me a while to get my head around it and understand it. And now I now I do, right? I actually have four nodes set up, but I, but I only the only one I use is my Umbral node. Uh, but it ha- it does come with a lightning node. Now, my understanding of a Bitcoin node is great in that I help support the, you know, the network. Um, but more importantly, I'm able to validate transactions. I'm able to see transactions on the network and validate them. How does a how does lightning work? How does a lightning node work? What does it do? You know, why should I run a lightning node? Yeah, so with the lightning node, so there is a lightning network, right, which you would mm-hmm. actually can support uh, despite with a with a base layer node with Bitcoin Core, download Bitcoin Core, you you like uh, you know seeding this BitTorrent file, which is the which is the blockchain. So there is only limited thing you do if your node is not being used for transactions. Uh, but with with a Lightning node, obviously you will start sending transactions, opening and closing channels. So that will mean that you will have economic activity on the network, both on base layer and on the on the Lightning network. And then you can set up your own channels, which means you don't need to um, rely on any other, like uh, you can have your own wallet. You're, you don't need to rely on a custody or wallet where you are using someone else's Lightning node. And then you are actually providing more routes in this network of routes in the Lightning Network where, you know, payments can go back and forth quickly. And, you know, the more connected it is, the more, the easier it is. Right. So let let me try and understand it as somebody who hasn't spent too much time doing it. So my activity when I was out in El Salvador, I was spending uh, sats, I was using the Lightning Network, but actually I was using Blue Wallet, which is a custodial wallet. So just so people understand the difference between a custodial and a non-custodial wallet, essentially, if I've got uh, a blue wallet, I'm custodial. Therefore, I'm I'm really relying on their node. Okay, I'm not I'm not essentially holding my own Bitcoin, right? Um, if there is an issue, that they essentially am I right? Essentially thinking if they wanted to, because it's custodial, they could steal my Bitcoin. There is a danger, and this is exactly like the wallet of Satoshi is the, the kind of the most custodial I, I I've seen uh, see out there. Um, it's it's from a user experience, it's nice, and first of all, it's great to to just to just jump into Lightning. That's that's maybe a good thing. Um, but then you have something like Blue Wallet that I think, just to be correct, they on the on the on the Bitcoin side, it can work in a non-custodial way. But if you use the Lightning part of the Blue Wallet, uh, by default, it's it's a custodian uh, Lightning wallet, and then there's some possibilities to connect it back to your own node. But not I think not a lot of people are doing that. So basically, if you use Blue Wallet Lightning, that's also custodial, and custodial always means somebody's. It's not your keys, not your bitcoins. So somebody else is kind of in control of your Lightning funds. And, and managing all the channels out there. Yeah. Um, the next step what you could do is like you could change to another mobile wallet. Um, there are non-custodial mobile wallets out there. Um, for example, you have the Breeze wallet, the Phoenix or the Moon wallet. Those are the ones that are try to make it easy for you, uh, uh, but still having you kind of in control of your funds. But they do a lot of other things for you in, in, in the Lightning Network that maybe makes you depend yourself a little bit on them because they try to abstract the, the complexity away. So because, for example, you normally on, on Lightning, we talk that you have an on-chain balance and off-chain balance because normally you have your Bitcoin like normal, like with your hardware wallet, that's your on-chain balance. And normally you on your wallet, you 
put some Bitcoin like normal blockchain transaction in there. That's the on-chain balance. Then you put that open lightning channels. You put so you transfer like Bitcoins. They stay on the on the main chain, but the value you transfer into a channel, and uh, and then you have your off-chain balance. This is all complicating a bit because now I have a wallet with two balances and, and people get often a little bit too, too, too um, I don't know. So they make it easy for you. They just show you one thing and they manage for you this, this balance with swapping automatically in the background and using their services in the background. But it's a good step from, from a non-custodial uh, to, uh, to a non-custodial wallet uh, in that direction. So let, let's start at the basics then. Because ideally, we want everybody to be you know, custodying their own sats. We want them to be running their own lightning node, creating their own channels. That's like the ideal solution um, because you become self-sovereign. You aren't reliant on anybody else. So if I set up a, a lightning node and I have my wallet and I put some sats in there, I can't actually start spending any money. I can't start sending sats to anyone else until I open up a channel, right? Yes, the channel, the first thing you need to do is open a channel. This is mo mostly what those mobile wallets do for you automatically. They, 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 they open a channel for you, they open a channel to you. But if you start with a node and you just want to connect your self-sovereign to the network, you have to really put some Bitcoin on there, trans transfer some Bitcoin on there, and then start to opening channels to, uh, to the network. So Roots, uh, let's talk about this like practically. Right, I've got some sats. I owe you a hundred thousand sats. I want to send them to you. Uh, first thing I can do is open a channel to you, right? So, how do I do that? What is that? What is that channel? How do I do it? Um, first of all, you don't need to open a channel to Great. me to pay me. You can you can connect to somebody else in the network and then route through the network to me. So this this is first of all the good thing. You don't have to open a channel to everybody you want to pay. Awesome. This would mean you. So, so you just normally you just need to basically you just need one good channel into the network, and if you use that channel wisely, and this channel then the the, the person you connect to is well connected in the Lightning network, you could pay everybody else in the in the rest of the network. So that's a good 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 news there. Um, so if you want to pay me with with Lightning, you have a Lightning node and you want to pay me, choose a good good connection in in the Lightning network and open a channel. And of course, put enough Bitcoin into that channel so that you can pay me. What do you mean a, a and, good good connection? Um, so, for for example, if I have here a node and you have there a node, we can just open a channel together, mm -hmm. uh, a channel between each other, and we can pay each other. That's no problem. But if we if we don't have further connections, it's not a really good channel to open, right? Because it doesn't connect you very well into that network. So um, you should, at least for your first channel, you should choose somebody that at least has two, three, four more channels maybe open. It's a well-connected node, so to say. And uh, and then you, you 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 have the routes into the rest of the network. Well, it's probably therefore a good idea to explain how payments are routed then, uh, Noms, because um, you know what some people might not understand is how Sats move through the network to get to to people. Uh, you know, on the Bitcoin base chain, I understand it. Like you send me your address, I send you some Bitcoin. The miners put it up, they put it in a block, and you know, we're perfectly aware that those uh, that Bitcoin is now yours. But the way Sats move around uh, the Lightning Network is slightly different. Do you want to explain how that works? Right. So routing is that um, basically just to imagine the channel, which often described as keeping a, a bar tab with your with your peer. Right. If you are with a big routing node, then that's that's the bar, and then you know you open you open a channel, you open a tab there, and then um, when you are paying the bar directly, then you know you just record the transactions off chain just on that on that you know little piece of paper maybe and then when you the ability to route payment means that your bar can uh, pay to another bar or can pay your bank bank or it can pay another guest right and then what it means that it's just keeping tabs with all these other entities through the channels because it has multiple channels so the when the routing those routes, routes of payment, it's over a balance doesn't change, only the balance in the channels change. So if I pay the bar, then the bar have more on their side. If they pay another person, then they will have less on that side, right? And um, that over a balance will be only slightly more with the routing fee, fee they take from the payment of mine 
right. to do this action. So that's how it can, and it's that is there is no practical limit on um, no theoretical limit on the number of hops you can do. But I mean, practically, you can reach everyone within like five six uh, hops. So it's a bit like if I if I had a channel open, say with Roots, and he has a channel open with you, but I don't have one with you, but I want to send you some sats, it's just going to route it via Roots. But there could be like five, six people between us, and it's just going to find a path to get those sats for you. Um, so that works. That, I, yeah. I understand how that works. So what exactly is a channel then? So Because if I open a channel, what have I actually done? You're locking Bitcoin on the main chain um, and in, with, with, with a partner. So, so see it as a safe where, where, where just two people agree on. They put together, maybe together, or some one person on one side puts one Bitcoin, for example, in, into that safe. And then you just agree, your channel is just, uh, you agree how much of this Bitcoin each person owns. And, and so if I, send, if I send some sets over to you, we would just mark for ourselves and, and give ourselves written checks so that we can go every time back to the, to the, to the, uh, to the tether and get our Bitcoin out. Um, so, so we would always update our kind of end value, but we would never transmit those, those little steps in between to the blockchain. So, right. so we just keep book ourselves. And if you then route kind of Satoshi through the, the Lightning Network, you you do have to understand the Satoshis that the person gets in the end are not the Satoshis you were sending in the beginning. It's more like we just we just agree that we change our channel here and then this person over there says with the other person that has um, has the safe agree how they how they agree on their uh, Bitcoin they have in, in lock and then further on. So this is more a trustless way to 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 transfer value through the network. But the Bitcoins themselves stay locked on on in those in, on on the main chain between single persons. Well, that's kind of interesting then because you know if I send uh, if I send noms and Bitcoin on the base chain. We know which Bitcoin that is. We know which UTXOs mm -hmm. they are. So we know our uh, friends, not so friends, at the, um, I can't remember the name of that fucking company. What's the name of that company who tracks you? Chain Analysis, you mean? Yeah, those wankers. Um, yeah, so they can track everything. Elliptic. and they, Yeah, wankers. They basically uh, uh, track and can sell everything we're doing. We don't have any privacy. But I guess on the Lightning Network, if, if it's not the same stats being moved around, that's very good for privacy. Yes. Yeah, that's just really um, an, an, an additional layer because you, we don't see when I pay a coffee in a store, you you don't see that on the on the blockchain. It's not a it's not a single transaction there. That's that's for for the for for basic is is already a, a gain here, and then of course all the that this data is then just kept in between single people because normally if you make make on the blockchain you make a transaction you tell it to everybody if we if you if you make a transfer a payment through the lightning network you just tell it to certain people that are needed within the route and even those people on that route are not aware of this complete route it's even a base peeled into an onion to to, to so that just the person on the on the route just know from where it comes and where it should be get, uh, sent to and the rest is kind of encrypted um, so that it's even easier to um, to, to keep uh, payments anon. So if I opened up uh, a half a Bitcoin channel with you and you put half a Bitcoin in, does that mean we have a Bitcoin of liquidity between us? Yeah, if, if there is now more and more this, this way to make dual funded channels, normally it, it happens that one person decides to open the channel and puts the Bitcoin in there and then... We could agree how we own this. Like how um, this is not the normal way. Is somebody decides to open a channel to you, and this person normally puts the Bitcoin into into the channel. Right. Or the, it doesn't need to be a whole Bitcoin, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No. Of course, it can be any amount. But the the size of the channel I I open is the amount of liquidity I have. So if I open a point one Bitcoin channel, I have point one Bitcoin of liquidity on, on the network. Yes. Um, That's ten million I, sets. Yeah. Yeah, 10 million sats. Yeah, sorry. Sats the standard. Apologies. <laughs> I know I should be doing that. So, okay, I've just got some questions on that. But when I open the channel, I am paying an on-chain fee. So if the on-chain fee at that time is $5, I, I'm paying an on-chain fee of $5. So really, I kind of want to keep that channel open as long as possible to, to make use of the low-cost, fast nature of the network. I don't... Potentially, I want to keep that channel open for years. Yeah, 
basically, if you can, that would make sense. Because every time I open it or close that channel, I'm essentially, uh, I'm essentially, I've got two transactions to think about. So I've got two on-chain transactions. So let me ask you another question. I told you I've been out to El Salvador, I spent a bunch of time there, got to know the people. Uh, the primary use is everyone is transacting on the Lightning Network. But no, we're talking about a place where people are you know, relatively low income. And maybe they will never own Bitcoin on the base chain. Maybe the amount of Bitcoin they will own will never be more than $50, $100 at a time, potentially. They only need the Lightning Network. So is it a possibility now that these people can open up a Lightning wallet, have Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, uh, and never have to themselves deal with the base chain? Well, it's, it's a question of, you know, how secure they want to be. Mm -hmm. So... As we discussed, they can use a non-custodial, a custodial service like well, Stosia Blue Wallet by default, or the other end of the spectrum is to have your own node and open your channels. But there is like something in between. We call basically a community custodial, where you are not relying on an entity which is like you know continents away, and you don't even know um, who it is or whose node it is, but you are relying to a node in your community, let it be a village, let it be your family, you know, your uncle Jim, or let it be, you know, your most technical person in the family who runs the node, and then you can use those, use the liquidity there uh, to transact only on the on the Lightning Network. And when if there is a problem, I mean, we need to see that the Lightning channels are basically the way of batching transactions. So if you have five, ten dollars uh, cost of opening or, or sending an on-chain transaction. If you make a thousand transactions on a Lightning channel, then you have divided it, it, it into thousand. So if there are more people using one channel, in a way, when you are using um, the Bitcoin Beach Wallet, for example, then you know the, the channel opening and closing cost just divides between all the participants. So I think that is the way the current best way to kind of scale this. And if they would have a problem, you know, uh, that their money is, you know, gone because they, obviously they are not fully sovereign with it, then they can still go to their community and, you know, rely on 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 that to kind of get it back or, or control it in some way. Yeah, I guess what I'm thinking about in this scenario, say they do have uh, a Lightning Channel open, they have their $30 of Bitcoin, in there and their transaction on the Lightning Network, and then somebody closes the other person closes that channel at a time where network fees are high, say at twenty thirty dollars. Could their entire balance be wiped out? Is that a risk? Is that a, is that kind of scenario planning people need to think about? Yeah, um, but the only thing you have to 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 think about is if you really have this channel in Bitcoin and. Uh, the, the fees go up. This normally means that the Bitcoin price is was also going up quite well. So, um, so this at least keeps itself a little bit in check. Um, but basically, yes, the, um, the if you just open small channels, they have the risk that maybe the, uh, when when we have a lot of Bitcoin transactions out there, that the fees get so high that they maybe eat up a, a lot of percentage of, of of the channel. So there is the idea that um, now that you if you open a channel, try to at least open quite quite big channels. Don't don't do it for just ten dollars or something. Um, try to already try to do bigger channels already. Uh, it's, it's more safer for the future. Um, but again, um, opening a channel at the moment, we have the situation that we just have those channel um, between for me and open ops or something. Um, there might there are still ideas. It's, the Lightning Network is not completely finished. It's still in development. There are ideas for multi-party channels or channel factories that maybe make it in the future much, much cheaper for somebody to participate to get a to get a channel open um, when a lot of people do it in, in a kind of big, big session or something. So this is still something like Lalu and a lot of people from really the Lightning Core developers, so to say, uh, are still kind of working on and, and thinking about what are the best ways to do this. Um, so at the moment, there is this little bit the risk uh, because we just have those single channels that they might uh, just for single person use. This could be a little bit uh, risky um, to have just small channels at the moment. Yeah, I guess what it is, is a lot of interest that I'm seeing Seeing now within Bitcoin that's been driven by what's happening in El Salvador and it's countries who maybe are economically in a very similar situation 
or maybe also reliant on remittance. I just did an interview with uh, Lord Futisua, I hope I pronounced that correct, from Tonga, talking about remittance in that country, but also the economic position of the country. Um, I've had interest from uh, people who are based down in Africa, Middle East, uh, South America, Central America, and more often than not, they're places with who have a higher economic challenges than, say, we have in, in the West, uh, in Europe and the USA. So I, I can see if these people want to adopt Bitcoin that there are going to be a lot of people who maybe want to use Bitcoin, but the base chain might be too expensive for them. It might be considered that they just want to go straight to Lightning, which puts me in that place where I think I still see that the the Lightning Network will be a combination of self-sovereign people using a Lightning node and a lot of custodial services. And I, I just wonder about that. Like, is this good? Is this bad? Yeah, you know, for example, the the we haven't seen the full wallet solution that the El Salvador government uh, is releasing. Will that be primarily a custodial service? That I don't know. But I spent a lot of time thinking about that, that, that mix of custodial and non-custodial. And not even that it's such a bad thing, right? If, yeah, if, if you've got a custodial wallet with $100 of Bitcoin in and you look at the trade-off and the risk, that might be worth it. Because yeah, yeah. For for me personally, I always think if it's if it's the custodian is is far away from me, there's maybe a problem because I cannot reach, I cannot control those people. But for example, if it's somebody in my village that, for example, runs a lightning node and provides everybody else in the village with uh, with liquidity uh, and and custodial service on the on the lightning network, that's. It's a, that's a risk maybe worse to think about because mm. if this person kind of I don't know cheats the other person, he, he, everybody will spit in his food for 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 end of his lifetime. So so this yeah. is really something we <laughs> where there's some social control there. Yeah. Um, so so this is a thing for the for for the short time. These are maybe scaling solutions that we really can think about. Really small community banks can run a node in such countries, connect make, connect to the Bitcoin network as best as possible from the internet connection where they have depends where you are, internet connection is needed, especially for lightning, you need a really uh, constant, if you run a routing node, you need a constant uh, internet connection. If you just have a receiving uh, lightning wallet uh, or uh, just sending on, spe on, on special occasions, uh, then you can even have an on and off um, um, internet connection. So this is this, fine, but you need some interconnection, uh, internet connection somehow. Uh, are you looking closely at El Salvador as well and considering lightning nodes there? Because I remember talking to Luke Dasher a long time ago, and he was telling me there just aren't enough people running Bitcoin nodes. Um, I think he thinks something like 80% of people should have one. And I, I haven't seen a huge amount of debate around that. But um, I'm not aware of how many people are running Lightning nodes, planning to run Lightning nodes in El Salvador. Yet at the same time, we're talking about Bitcoin being made legal tender there. Bitcoin being uh, every economic agent having to accept accept Bitcoin. So are you, have you even thought about, in terms of El Salvador, the the requirement for nodes there? Like, could it all be custodial and, and that's fine? Or, or, or do you have a concern at all with this? Well, it de depends on the on the economic activity, right? So so if someone is a big, sends and receives a lot, lots of transactions, like, uh, uh, and big, higher value transactions, like a big merchant, you know, in you know, building business or something, then they would definitely should consider running running a node. But but the person on the you know streets running uh, you know selling whatever pupusas is their uh, kind of uh, national food, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is well, he wouldn't probably have the means because her monthly uh, income won't, won't be more than just the cost of setting up a routing node or um, a, a full node at all. Right, so I mean, there are two things. We we need to keep the requirements for this as cheap as possible. So keep the blockchain small, keep the blocks for uh, small, and also I mean, develop software which is able to run on the on the you know minimal cost uh, computers. But then, um, and also we need to make sure that people who have more at stake, then they will understand that they need to need to run these nodes and verify their own transactions. So if you if you are using a hardware wallet, you already decided that you're spending you know 150 100 dollars on a hardware wallet, then and you have now you know 10 times 100 times more on that, then you should definitely consider you know spending another 200 
pounds or dollars and you know set up a node to start with or just use your computer you know if you have a computer you can set up a node you don't even need to have to store the whole blockchain you can just prune the node and get away with like 10 gigabytes of space and a good internet or a reasonable internet connection to be able to verify your own transactions to make sure that you're not cheating Next up, Peter talks to Noms and Rootsall more about lightning nodes. But before that, we have a message from our amazing sponsors. First up, we have Ledger, the world's most popular hardware wallet. A hardware wallet allows you to take custody of your Bitcoin. And I've actually been a Ledger user since uh, early 2018. And like Peter, I'm still using the Nano S I bought back then. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using the Ledger Live software, which interfaces with your device. And you can even connect your Nano S to your Android phone to manage your Bitcoin on the go. Find out more at ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Also, we have Gemini, where you can buy and sell Bitcoin instantly. But come on, who's selling Bitcoin? What's wrong with you people? You can use the Gemini app for buying the dips, and they have a DCA Bitcoin buying feature, which is the best way to stack sats. They have an easy-to-use interface for buying Bitcoin. Uh, with a streamlined trading view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand Bitcoin and start investing, all through one clear, attractive interface. If you want to find out more, then please head over to Gemini.com, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com. Next, we have Revolut. Now, I don't know if you've heard or not, but Lloyd's TSB, Peter's bank for 25 years, closed all of his accounts recently. I know, shocker. Uh, they don't like Bitcoin, though. Enter Revolut, where it couldn't be easier to create an account. And most importantly, they like Bitcoin, making it easy to transfer to exchanges. And now Revolut are offering $20 or 20 pounds to all the new customers that complete three card transactions. It takes a few minutes to get set up, and you can create a card and add it to Apple Pay immediately to get that cash in your pocket. But I'd recommend converting it to Bitcoin. Uh, if you want to find out more, then just head over to Revolut.com slash WBD to sign up. That's R-E-V-O-L-U-T dot com slash WBD. Then it's BlockFi. They have launched the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. For all of us freedom lovers in the USA, the BlockFi Rewards Credit Card provides the easiest way to earn more Bitcoin because you earn 1.5% Bitcoin back on every purchase with no annual fee. The smartest way to stack sats with Bitcoin rewards on every purchase. No annual fee. Earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin in every single purchase and earn 3.5% Bitcoin back during your first three months. If you are interested in finding out more, then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. So what are the options for setting up a node? If somebody came to me now, say my friend in El Zonte, he's like, Pete, you know what? I need to be running a node now and I need to have a lightning node here. What what are their requirements? What what do they need to set it up? What would you recommend? Because I, I had some fun and games with it. In the end, the Umbro one was the easiest one for me. But what are the options? Obviously, you have uh, maybe a slight bias. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there, there might be a bias on our side for the Raspberry Blitz. Okay, but but there was this one quote from from Evan. He, uh, we did it at Bitcoin twenty twenty one. We were just uh, kind of discussing this also uh, about the he, he's doing the Zeus wallet. So he's uh, developing in the space, um, and he tried to summarize all the projects with very shortly. And I try to just 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 repeat it here. Um, there is, for example, the Noddle out there, uh, which is a great project uh, for best the best pre built node. Uh, Recommended for merchants that just want a node that comes pre-built and works uh, for their use case. Um, there is the the rest builds, of course, which is the kind of more best for technical users that like to tinker and learn. Uh, and then there is the Umbrel that has at the moment is the best for the non-technical users because of the web UI and the UX kind of uh, focus they have. Um, and then there's the MyNode, uh, which uh, is the best, uh, has the best selection of Bitcoin apps and also is for beginners quite similar to, to the Umbrel because it also has a web UI. Um, and there is the, uh, from start nine, the Embassy node, which is uh, the best for self-hosting services uh, because they uh, have not the focus just to be Bitcoin and Lightning node. They also, you can also do some photo service there and self-host your photos, your emails, something like that. So that uh, has a little bit broader 
uh, scope where the other nodes try to focus on Bitcoin and Lightning because it's also a security thing not to mix everything up on one, one device and keep it keep it uh, a little bit to your money because this is more, there's really value you want to protect. So don't put everything else on there. So this, this is a little bit of a, of a focus thing. Did I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go by memory here back from uh, when I did my Lightning month, but isn't there some like idea around mobile wallets being able to run some kind of limited node god what was it called you'll know because you're an expert in this area neutrino you mean yeah that's yeah like the block filters yeah yeah so so, so then yeah yeah i was gonna say like can i can i do this all just in a mobile wallet these days well block filters are being served by bitcoin core i think not by default but you can switch it on from 0 21 um so you don't need to rely on the few services which are um given by providers like you know breeze or lightning labs and and uh, nodes like that um so that's how for example i just learned that how the nodal cloud and how the nodal kind of lightning hosted lightning nodes work as well that they they don't have uh, a full bitcoin nodes attached to each of them but there is um a bitcoin node uh, serving these block filters, which are then downloaded as needed by the Lightning nodes themselves. So yes, there is there is a way of that. But um, obviously, you need to you need to be able to trust that node you are relying on now to serve you the information. And um, so it can be an infrastructure question as well. That you know, how do you serve many Lightning nodes of your own with your own one of your own Bitcoin nodes. Right, okay. Yeah. I like to add there that the, the question is for what do you want the wallet? Because uh, if you just want to send and receive sometimes, you can have it on a mobile phone and, and have it running, uh, especially like with those block filters that are Neutrino backend and really have a, a kind of full-featured kind of lightning node. But this lightning node is not a lightning node that will route. Because for routing, you 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 should be connected to the network kind of twenty four seven, so that you're always there for other people's to to that your availability is always there in the network and that you have good availability. So 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 normally, then you should look at hardware that that you can run all the time. You could use a laptop for that. That's that's fair too. But don't forget that uh, your laptop is quite energy hungry. So, so to keep it up all the mm. time, it's maybe not the best choice. So though people came up and found those Raspberry Pi kind of boards. There's similar kind of projects out there, but the Raspberry Pi uh, is, is kind of uh, most common and, and used by people. And this is kind of a sweet spot there because it has enough processing power now um, and, it, and it's very cheap on the power consumption and it's kind of still, still cheap hardware to, to start with. It's not a full laptop you need to, to buy there. So it came up as a kind of sweet spot for people to run their home routing nodes on. Say, say if I um, say I've got my node running here at home, and I go away on a trip for a week, and say there's a power cut, my nodes offline. Does that mean I can no longer send and receive payments? Oh, as as soon as you get get online again, uh, your channels will reconnect, and you will be able to 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 send and receive. The only thing that maybe uh, hap was happening is that the other nodes around were seeing that you were gone for some time, and will maybe mark you as a not the most reliable uh, node out there. So then you maybe get not the best score or a ranking from other nodes if, if you're not always online. But basically, you can you can you will be still operational if you come back and power your you know. But what on. I mean is like say I was going out to El Salvador and I like to you know use the sats out there, um, but my node back in the UK is offline. I don't know someone's burnt mm. down my house. Does that mean while my node is offline, I can't use it? No. Yes, if you, yes, if your node is gone, you cannot yeah, use yeah, it. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so what I would probably do, even with that, I would probably still then have a custodial and a non-custodial. So, if there is ever an issue with my node, I've still got Sats I can spend. Yeah, this is like one. I'm away. It's a practical uh, solution that that some people do. They have kind of two mobile wallets on on their phone. The one is kind of yeah. the mobile wallet that is connected to my node back home. Kind of has a direct connection, and you have kind of a remote control of your node back home. And then you have maybe a second uh, wallet, uh, Lightning wallet, just as a kind of backup. It's a little bit like with credit cards. You maybe have two when you're on, on the road. You maybe have two credit cards just in case. So it, just, it, it makes sense because never forget, this is still a complex 
contact system. You, you couldn't even to connect back to your to, to your node back home. You have to get through your your personal kind of uh, firewall kind your 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 net, your net and all the stuff. So it's a lot of little things out there that 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 can go wrong. So it's always good to have backup, of course. And and do do I create a backup? Like, do I back up my private keys for my Lightning node in a very similar way to how I do it for my uh, traditional wallets? Well. In a similar way, you are backing up the on-chain balance, right? So you have a yeah. seed, basically, and it can be abstracted away, like in, it, it is happening in like the Moon Wallet or or the uh, other wallets, which basically just have a one-button press backup option to, to the cloud or to their hosted server. But eventually what you need to do is to back up two things. One, as you have two balances, you force the on-chain, on-chain balance, you are backing up with a seed. It's it's a root key. It's it's your master private key, basically. Then you need to know about the channel states because the channels, as we discussed, are are in a multi-sig contract with your peer. So you are not fully controlling them, but you need to know need to have this information where they are to be able to settle the final balance. So that is a file, basically. You need to back up in multiple ways you can think of. Okay, can we talk about liquidity? Because this is an important issue with Lightning. Um, I've not had a single issue when I'm in El Salvador and buying $5 cups of coffee. Every single transaction works. And yes, I'm using Blue Wallet. So I am using a custodial solution. Um, I've also got uh, tipping.me set up. And every month, some people just send me sats on tipping.me. And that can range between anything from, you know, a few thousand to sometimes like maybe a million. I like sometimes get quite a few sent to me. Whenever it's quite a lot, trying to withdraw those sats, I I can never usually do it in one go. I have to do it in like two goes over a couple of days, which I put down to liquidity. So can you explain how liquidity works on the Lightning Network, where we are with liquidity? Okay, so first the... As you, we understood about the channels, you know, you cannot send on a single channel, you cannot send more than its capacity, right? And also, you cannot send more than from the capacity on what is there on your side, okay? So if you have, you know, 1 million SES channel and you have already paid, you know, 500,000 SES to your peer or, or to anyone else, then you can only have, you know, 500,000 left there to send, and then in this example, the same to receive as well. Uh, the way around this, that you have multiple channels set up, and now with the recent development in the Lightning Network protocol, you have multi-path payments. So when you're sending one payment, it can still go through uh, multiple channels at the same time, and it does look for for liquidity in multiple channels during one payment. I mean, this sometimes takes some time. So, you know, there is like a there is a trade-off in, in, in that. But uh, the liquidity problem is helped a lot with that, that you now trying to withdraw a million sets and you don't need to find one channel which has this much liquidity, but you can have, you know, two with 500,000 as well. Yeah, it's, it's even that we have, any, we have to think about if you send one million sets through the network and you have a bigger route, every channel on this route needs to have this capacity. So it's it's maybe hard to find such a route for, for every every big volume, uh, especially if it depends on your connection to the network. And so maybe you in the past, you were choosing a smaller amount, so you were you were choosing multiple routes to to get to your final final amount, and this but this is now kind of built in into into the Lightning Network. So the 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 Lightning Network the payment can now really split into multiple kind of single payments and uh, and find different routes to combine liquidity. So this I don't know exactly when you did your experiment and and if the clients were able to to do this multipath thing, but basically this is what uh, what in the protocol got updated and uh, should be possible now. So it should get easier now, of course, also to do bigger payments uh, because it, it can combine multiple routes to, to your final kind of liquidity. Do you think we'll get to the point where people will be sending like whole Bitcoins on the Lightning Network? Depends where. I think I think this could is already happening. Um, really? So if you for, yeah, I think there's because there's a use in people like exchanges are now also have the um, the Lightning 
uh, kind of capacities there. And we also removed the limits on the on the channels. So there is now this Wombo update was out there. So in the beginning, it was just for security. It was that the channels were limited in capacity so that people don't get too crazy. But this was lifted uh, now. And, there, and, and, no, and don't forget, if you have two part business partners that want to very quickly settle on on little little updates they might have really big channels and maybe sometimes even send one bitcoin around you never know so i i cannot guarantee that it's happening but i would not i would say it's not unreasonable that it's already happening out there do you know when people were saying about the lightning network be reckless it tested out but like be aware it's still a bit risky uh i on the base chain never worry about a single transaction anymore Every single transaction I've ever sent has gone to the address I've sent it to. I have zero worry, like literal zero worry. Uh, I think Bitcoin is not a it's not a project. It's not a beta. Bitcoin is now a live running system, and I have a hundred percent confidence in it. A little less so with Lightning. Okay, just. Occasional things happen, yada yada. Where where do you feel we are at with lightning at the moment? Are we still very early? It depends on the perspective. Yes, yeah, um, depends on the endpoint, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, true. So so to onboard everybody, so 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 to say, if we want to onboard everybody in this world tomorrow on Lightning, we are not there yet. Um, but but to to have run smaller communities, to run smaller uh, or some businesses already on on the Lightning network, we already see this is working. So especially for smaller payments, it's already great. It's some it's something the critics were saying. Oh, it's not working for ten dollars. Ten dollars are not the problem anymore. So so maybe if you really want to send a lot of, if you want to pay your car on Lightning, maybe. You still have problems. Um, so this, so smaller coffee payments, all those little payments, micro payments. I think we're already quite good. And um, but but for the bigger things, we maybe have to wait a little bit. And then of course the onboarding kind of process to make it cheaper for people to get in a in a non-custodial way onto the Lightning Network. Those are the still the things we are we are working on. And but the good thing is, and I still can remember on the Room Seventy Seven when people were paying with with, with Bitcoin on chain for beer, there was still a lot of things happening like the, the transaction didn't confirm for hours because the fee was too low and stuff so there was still stuff going on with lightning at least you know in in a matter of seconds if it went through or not so with bitcoin there could be really this oh i wait three hours at the bar and <laughs> yeah, check if, yeah. if my, my thing goes through so at least with lightning you know it within a kind of limit of time if it worked or not because it's a final settlement system it's pretty fucking cool though isn't it <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> and, and, and still working on this very decentralized base chain. So we really have no both benefits. Like, um, And this is really, really, really awesome. Dude, it was so cool. Last time I went to El Salvador, I didn't even have any dollars on me. I, I went to the ATM at one point to get some. But like, I got to El Zonte knowing I didn't even need it. Almost every single place in El Zonte accepts Bitcoin and accepts uh, uh, Lightning. So I was like, there wasn't anywhere like, shit, I need some dollars so I can get a cup of coffee. I could go out to dinner, I could get my pupusas, I get a cup of coffee, because <laughs> everywhere accepted it. You try and extrapolate that globally, you start to imagine these communities popping up all around the world. As somebody who travels a lot, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and and it's it's the world. It's really one currency we we maybe see now in in the whole world. So, uh, um, if you, so if you have them Bitcoin and some sets on your on your phone, it's uh, it's worth. It's like a backup or additional to the credit card. But in the end, we want to go there and replace the credit card network with Lightning. Right? That's that's kind of our goal. Yeah, lower fees is is an important mm. part of this. Okay, just to start closing now, what would you like to see from? The, the community to help support Lightning? Do, do we need to be encouraging exchanges to have Lightning support? What, what do we need to be doing? Like, what are the things that you're, when you guys are sat down in the pub and you're talking about Lightning, you're saying, shit, man, really need Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken, etc. To, to have Lightning support. Like, what kind of things are, the, are you wanting to happen? So, yes, uh, I, I, what I'd really like to see is to have more persons accepting Lightning. Because that is the most um, satisfying thing to be able to pay, and that has the, the best privacy, best privacy as well to send the payment. So, for example, if I want to, um, let's say my VPN has expired and I want to quickly pay it, I obviously would like to use Bitcoin. But then, 
if I'm stuck on chain, then I need to look at the mempool. Well, will it cost this $10 update uh, top up? Will it cost me $5 or more, you know? But if I see that there is like a BTC pay server running and they can accept Lightning as well, I just tick tick two seconds and it's all done. And they will, won't even know who paid them, but it's, it is on there, on there now. And it's the same, same with any kind of purchase where you would prefer privacy. And I think every every purchase should have that, right? Because that is the option that should be the optional thing to to tell everyone your you know name and address with all the card payments you make. Yeah, for, for my side also, with my VPN provider, Mulvart, if you're listening, it's time to uh, really accept uh, Lightning payments directly. I still have to use some some service in between. It's working, but it would be nice to do directly. Um, but um, on a more practical thing, I think what the community needs to do is just keep on building the way you build already. So because this is exactly what we need, but what we saw on the Lightning Hack days and doing this all kind of projects and, and events, that the community is building and trying a lot of stuff out. And the best thing is they, they, they really keep it open, um, the network. So, so for example, we open source is very important that we don't forget that we uh, that those basic tools that we need for the infrastructure, we need to keep it open so that there's nobody that can close it up afterwards. It's the same for the custodial services. Custodial service is not the For a smaller community, not a problem, but the big custodials are a problem. So build tools that make, make people, at, for example, in places like El Salvador, to make community uh, custodial service easy so that everybody can have a community bank like back in their village or something based and, and be connected to that Lightning Network and connect everybody in that village to that, uh, to that Lightning Network. All those things, I think, are very, very important, but I have very much trust in the community because they uh, a lot of people were very excited building a lot of uh, stuff out there. And I just, just to keep that spirit going don't keep it to the corporations to build this infrastructure we as a community also need to build this and then maybe professionalize and uh, with with corporations or something but we need to keep this open and keep keep it going from a community side well listen i, I love it uh, and do you know what? for a long time i kind of dismissed the lightning network i, I used to think i have no use for this where am i going to use this I, i the base chain serves me fine i only ever use it for invoicing or sending large amounts of value Like, yeah, well done on the Lightning Network, but uh, I've really no use for it. And then going to spending time over in El Salvador, I really came to appreciate how good it is, how important it is. And actually, what's being done now is is the work for when, yeah, it's almost like the groundwork's still being done now for when this is really needed, maybe like two, three, five, ten years' time, where we have got multiple communities around the world which are entirely Bitcoin-based. The seed is there in El Salvador now, which, by the way, I still can't quite fucking believe is happening. But the seed yeah. is there. A whole fucking nation will, will be accepting Bitcoin and using it. And you can very quickly see how the Bitcoin comes into that country and then this bleeds over into neighboring countries, et cetera, et cetera. And all the great work that's been done by people over at Lightning Labs, people like yourselves, has, has made this possible. So uh, I think it's amazing. I think you guys are amazing. Uh, thank you for the work you've done. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you wish I wish I had? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, maybe a little bit the um, just just to say thank you also to the people that that uh, were before us because we are just building on the shoulders of giants here. So in the end, we from the Respublis project, we be just packaging a lot of the of of the of the projects that other people do, and we just put it together into a, a nice package so keep the, that you can easily run it. Um, um, but maybe what is to mention is that you should keep on, you should continue to your, your journey to, to self-sovereignty. And Peter, this, this also goes to you. I You're know. running the umbral. You're running the umbral. That's great. But you're still depending on a company there that's, that is not com completely full open source. But here comes the point. We're from Raspberry Blitz trying to work now also on a web UI to make it easier for people to install. So we invite you once we have this web UI out with the 1.8 or something to do the migration, maybe from your umbral to Raspberry Blitz. This could be a nice challenge. Let us know if you're interested. Uh, we are very happy to help you on you that. You can do the McCormack test. Where I'll, yeah. the basic, yeah. I call it the moron test. Uh, if, <laughs> if I can do it, it passes the moron test. Listen, I'll do it. I'll have a play with it. You know, uh, nice. I, I know open source is more important. I'll have a play and give it a go. But listen, look, tell how people how they can find out more about you, what you do, how they can get in touch, etc. 
Yeah, from, from my side of a RespiBlitz project, there's a quick link to respiblitz.org. Uh, and there you find a link to the GitHub or just search on the GitHub uh, for RespiBlitz. Um, if you want to support the development uh, and buy a hardware set, uh, check out the Fulmo shop. This is shop.fulmo.org. It's F-U-L-M-O.org. And of course, if you want to keep in touch uh, on from from my from my personal kind of things, um, I'm Twitter on Twitter. I'm at Rootsol. So um, follow me there if you want to hear more. And you, Noms, my brother. Yes. Well, thank you uh, for this chat. It, I, I did really enjoy it. I do think it's it's very important as well. And uh, you know, Lightning Network is it's like I like that it's getting fashionable now because it is <laughs> it is it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the base of base of the future of this this currency working as a medium ex exchange, really. Um, so my presence, well, I'm all over the different social medias where Bitcoiners are, like uh, Twitter at OpenOMS. Uh, I have an account on BitcoinHackers.com, which is a Mastodon, which is again at, at OpenOMS. You can find my GitHub at OpenOMS as well, um, where you know most of the things I'm working are published. Also, I have a, a, an info page about uh, Lightning Node management, which helps you to kind of find the basics and then get started with like routing and answers a lot of kind of technical questions which arise in the meantime. And I just got a domain for it, which replaces the longer link, which is lightningnode.info. Mm -hmm. So if you just go there, uh, you can see that and, um, you know, learn more. And it links to the GitHub so you can contribute and also as and the communities are open all around. Yeah, definitely check out also the, the channels, the Telegram channels, the support channels. There are nice groups of people helping each other of running a node. So it really makes fun if you do it with people together. Um, this is definitely something to not miss out on. Well, listen, thanks again for coming on. I will share that all in the show notes. I will have a play with your web UI when it's ready. And listen, anything I can ever do for you guys, reach out. If you've got some release you want people to know about, ping me. Let's get it out there. Let's get people to know more about what you guys are doing. Wish you the best of luck. Stay in touch and peace out, brothers. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. What did you make of that? I love Open Noms and Rootsall. They've been helping people run nodes with Raspi Blitz even longer than Lightning's been around. Uh, so if you've been on the fence about running a node or maybe you just want to try out a Lightning wallet, hopefully this is an opportunity to get started. There's plenty of resources, Telegram groups, light wallets, free software, and pre-built nodes. So there's really something for everyone. Now, because Peter's surgery threw a bit of a wrench in our gears here, uh, we may not be able to get these all out in the order we wanted to, uh, but we're going to finish this lightning series strong. And uh, a big thanks to Renee Picard, who is a massive help in planning and organizing this all. So we will be including links where you can support him in all the show notes. Um, all right. I hope you enjoyed that one. If you want to get in touch with us, jump in our Telegram group where I'm always hanging out. And you can email Peter on hello at whatbitcoindid.com. 